Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to send you a copy of our brand new book, The Practical Agency, written specifically to help creative agency owners go beyond the creative side and build systems to simplify and quickly scale their agency to $100,000 a month. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash practical agency to claim your free copy. And now for the show. So, you know, your team is the most expensive line item in your business. And interestingly, it's often the most neglected. The vast majority of agencies are spending time focusing on top line revenue, but don't spend nearly enough time thinking about their team. When you can have more negative impact to your agency long term by failing to invest appropriately here, by failing to make sure you have the right person, they are trained well, that they're onboarded well, that they understand what exactly is their role, what success looks like, all of those pieces are neglected. My personal thought process is that as a manager and as a business owner, my job is to make sure that my team has all the resources that they need in order to do their job well. And if I haven't provided it to them, then that's my fault. And that's where I failed. And so I want to explore with you and with Darren today, where are you potentially falling short with your team so that you can ultimately have a truly successful agency that can scale and you can maybe take a day off. So one of the biggest crux to hiring is recruiting, interviewing, the actual hiring piece. Darren, I know you haven't necessarily worked in loads of places. We've worked together since you were initially just graduating from college and then went to get your MBA. But in your experience and conversations that we've had, you know, the thing that I see in a lot of instances is that I look at a job posting and wow, are they boring and dry. Like the company seems so incredibly like, why would I ever want to work there? What would ever motivate me to work at this place that if this is how they describe themselves, that it just feels so incredibly dry and corporate and having worked, unfortunately, for way too many years of my life wearing a suit and tie to work every day, that's not a thing I want to be anymore. And you, people spend loads of money in time in investing into bringing on revenue, but they won't pay for the advertising for the post for their job post. They won't have a marketing copywriter write the job description and the job posting. They won't actually make it sound inviting and exciting. They won't actually try to think about the persona of the person they're trying to hire. They'll just, you know, look at another post. They'll probably go to three or four other job postings online with a similar role, pick which bullet points they like the most, probably copy and maybe plagiarize a little bit too much of what they should be doing on a job post, and then copy, paste, post, and not pay a dime. And yet they expect a great result. I think it's funny. I think it's terrible as well because one, I remember coming out of college both times, just looking at different like, oh, p potential positions and looking at like, oh, you got your, your Netflixes of the world. You got your, your 
Fortune 500 companies and you're looking at their job postings and you read the first two two sentences and you're like, I'm ready to go to sleep. Like, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Like, it it doesn't say anything to the effect of like, come join us for our mission in doing X, Y, Z. You can be a part of something great that aligns with you, that also compensates you well, that you're not just another number to us. Like, we want you a part of our family kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just more so of that, like, cut and dry. I think it got lucky if I, I started reading past the the job title. I was just like, oh, this, this is like something lucky. I can do. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, you, you mean you don't want to just be another cog in the wheel of a company? You want to actually have some meaning in your life? There's something that you actually want to get enjoyment for something that you spend the vast majority of your life in 40 hours a week in, well, for us 32, but 40 hours a week in for the vast majority of people, why don't you spend a little bit more time here so you can actually get the cream of the crop? And then the sort of next phase, people in interviewing that I just like, oh, some, sometimes I just want to bang my head against the wall, but we'll talk about it. And like, they'll describe the business as this like, shiny object that's just absolutely amazing and try to attract the person by describing everything to be this peachy thing. And then the person comes in and it's like, Dr. Jekyll, Mrs. Hyde, right? Or Mr. Hyde. And like being in a place where it's like, this is not at all what I expected. And it's this jarring experience for this person because one, you didn't set the right expectation for them. You didn't actually interview them appropriately. You didn't think about who they are. You didn't consider their personality. You didn't consider who they were. You didn't consider them as a cultural fit. And you didn't interview them the way that they should have been interviewed. And you just really, like, really messed it up. And for what? When going through interviewing people and having done it and helped clients do the same, I'm telling them, like, I'm opening up the closet and showing them all the skeletons. Here's exactly where everything is and what's broken and what doesn't work and what would you do and how would you fix it and all of that so that you know what they would do. How else would you? And making sure, I mean, we, I talk about this all the time, the five non-negotiables, but making sure that ultimately you are interviewing based on what these, this role is really going to need for you. What exactly does success look like for them? And then the other thing that I, hmm. this might be a bit odd for a lot of people, but job offers, I like making job offers live on a call because I want to see whether they're excited about it, whether the person's going to be there for a long time. If they're really truly excited about it, you'll see it in their face. And if they're not, they're probably making the wrong hire. So many times people read an email, they'll wait for other offers, they'll try to go back and forth, they'll try to negotiate. And the other thing that I, and I'll get off my soapbox, the other thing that I really do not like is companies when they try to negotiate the salary down with new team members. Why? It's a great way to start a relationship of, oh, this is what you think you're worth, but no, I think you're worth less. It's a perfect way to start a relationship. That's how I like to start all of my relationships. I don't think you're as valuable as you think you are. It's just such an odd thing. What are your thoughts? My thoughts after going through a couple interview processes and on the the side of being the interviewee and on the side of being the interviewer, on the side of being the interviewee, it's like you're coming in and there's no distinction between different companies. You guys are all asking me the same questions. You guys are all asking, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, you guys are all saying the same exact things. What is going to be the distinction? Remember, you're, you're recruiting me to be on your team. This is a mutually beneficial relationship. 
I'm giving you my time. You're giving me fulfillment. You're giving me a place to grow. You're giving me adequate compensation for the work that I'm doing. Like, I want to know who it is I'm going to be hanging out with for 40 odd hours a week. Like, what do we do together? Who do we serve? Why would I want to work here? And you're also trying to do that in the interview process and, and as an interviewee. So it's like, you're trying to just like, okay, like I'm, I'm talking to four different companies at one time and just like, okay, what is going to distinguish them in the interview process? Like, how do you guys treat me as a stranger that you want to court to join your team, to help you win, help you succeed? And then on the opposite side, when I'm interviewing somebody, I just want to see how they interact, right? I just want to see like, is this somebody I want to spend 40 hours with? Like, like. How do you take direction or how do you like to be coached or how do you, what are your goals? Maybe I'm looking for somebody who's more entrepreneurial mindset that, so they can help us grow the business or, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe, yeah. So maybe I'm looking for that. I just want to know so that when we get to the next stage, I'm not blindsided by like, oh, you said you're, you're, you're all for the team, but you're, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're not that. Yeah. There was an article I read not too long ago that I thought was an interesting thing. And I don't remember what company it was, but they were describing their interview process. But one of the things that was like the big checkbox for them was how they treated other people. And the way that they've evaluated this is that every single person was not asked if they wanted something to to drink. They were asked if they wanted water or they wanted tea. And so they would give it to them in a non-disposable cup. And depending on how the person responded at the end of the interview of what they did with that cup, whether they left it on the table, whether they took it to the kitchen, washed it themselves and put it away, or whether they asked what they should do. Distinguish whether that person would eventually go on to the next phase because of how they treated someone else and how conscientious they were of the people around them. I thought it was such an interesting thing because like it's such a very, and it was a Western business that was doing this, such a non-Western way and like of seeing the world, right? Like it was a very Eastern culture way of, of treating other people. And I just thought it was such an interesting distinction how to like do little things like that that allow for you to really see who the person is. I just thought it was a very clever way of doing things. The The next sort of step, obviously, in once you've interviewed, you've recruited, you've now given the offer and they've accepted is getting them going. Then how do you do that? The very typical thing that happens is someone's hired, you set the start date, Day one, they have all the HR paperwork filled out. They get access to their emails. You give them access to all the systems. Very relaxed first day for the vast majority of companies. And day two is hell. Absolute hell. They're just ramming as much information as you possibly can into your head. You're drinking from a fire hose. You're already doing work. You have no idea what's going on. No idea where anything is. You are set up for failure. And if you're lucky... 72 hours to a weekend, you are doing the work on your own, completely alone, and no real true guidance. And let's face it, this sets the employee up for failure. Both the business suffers and the employee suffers. The employee's in a place where they are shit at their job because they weren't properly trained. And the business is in a bad place because they've got a badly trained employee. They can't do their job. So now you've got, and you set up a system and a situation for the employee to feel bad, leaving work feeling terrible about themselves every day. The business isn't getting what it needs because you never trained them and invested into the team. 
So how do you do this differently, right? Plan a little further ahead, hire someone without the expectation that you're going to have them starting doing actual client billable work in a couple of days. Sometimes a little easier said than done. But at the very least, start to give them work over time and give them time. So the way that I like to think about this is taking those five non-negotiables. Here's the five black and white things that this is going to be required to do and then putting together a training plan for them. When they're going to take over what, who they're going to work with to get that trained, ideally even having some of this training be automated. There's, we have loads of recordings of different things that people need to do or very video training oriented and give them six weeks to get on board. Give them time to ramp up and then you have a great employee that is well-trained, has had the time, has had the training, has had the resources, has the understanding, really gets it and can actually get going in a really meaningful way. We have done both the former and the latter. And uh, Darren's going to air some of our dirty laundry, I think, today. And what was your experience, (laughs) Darren? I think you were hired on the former, actually. Yeah, actually. (laughs) And how did that feel for you? It was funny because I did both. So when we're first starting out, came in and literally day one, Robert walks in, I need you to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay, how do I do this? What, what do I open? What do I, what do, I do? <laughs> Where is it? What is it? <laughs> Where is what, it? What did you just what does this for? look like? <laughs> Should I be writing this stuff down? And then I, oh boy. Google was my best friend for that, that whole week, just trying to figure things out. But yeah, not everybody's going to stick with you through that experience of just like, like, hey, I just need this done and I need you to do it, figure it out type of vibe. As I can say, the the second go around was definitely, after I went to, to school again, was definitely more pleasurable. It was like, a, hey, okay, so we're just going to ease you into it this time. These are the systems. This is what you're going to be looking for. This is where it's located at. This is the filing number. This is XYZ. I only need you to do this one item. It may take you an hour. It may take you all day, depending on, but like, you know, feel free to, to go at your own pace. This is when we expect you to get it. Like, and then after that, it was pretty smooth sailing. I think my favorite model is the model of having a mentor as you're going through and learning. Because that person not only is somebody who can teach you, right? They also can help you assimilate to the culture and add your your own touch to being a part of the, the company and, and introduce you to new people, introduce you to friends. If it's a new area that you're like moving to, they can kind of like be your guide there. And because you're going to be spending so much time with these people, like you you want to like where you work. You want to have a good experience. Yeah. So... That would be my experience. But yeah, definitely, definitely go with the the slow on-ramp approach with a, a mentor. <laughs> Obviously, because this is an audio format, you're not, you were not seeing me shaking my head in embarrassment of the first description of the first time Darren started working <laughs> and we started working together. The, the other thing, and I want to hit a couple more things, but expectations is so incredibly important, making sure that people understand exactly what you expect from them and when you expect there are so many instances where you leave it opaque with a team member and they do not do well. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I've had good experience and bad experience and I've done well and have failed miserably here. But when I set the right expectation and the team member understands what success looks like, 
they're much more likely to achieve the success. And ultimately, that's what you want for them to be successful. Darren, I, I would love to hit on goals. And, and I know that you have some opinions around career growth, goal alignment with the organization. And what, what are your thoughts there as far as getting the team up to speed? Yeah, I think it actually ties in with your, your last point as well, just expectation setting, right? So when you're, you're bringing some money on board, this is what you can expect from the position. This is the, the growth trajectory because typically people don't want to stay. Well, not typically. I'm, I'm thinking nine times out of 10, people don't want to stay in the same lane as they are in. If somebody comes on as a project manager, I don't think they want to stay as a project manager for the rest of their life. They want, maybe want to grow to a director, grow to a CEO, grow to, you know what I'm saying? Like they want to see growth within the company, whether that be more responsibilities or just more, I want to say like more substantial impact from their role. Right. And so setting that expectation with them of how they can achieve that path. So just, Hey, in this role here, you're looking to jump to the next role. Like, okay, so this is what we typically would like to see. So if you want to go to the next role, I need to see that you're thriving in this role, take a couple more of these responsibilities, and then we'll move you up or something like that. Right. Because otherwise, typically what I see is that employees will just you know what, um, I'm not growing here. I'm not this relationship. I don't see a path forward with this company. Let me just, let me just jump. Let me jump ship. I'm going to get a bump somewhere else. And, and I see a path with them. And then eventually the same thing happens and I'll bump somewhere else. And so they just kind of flip flop through agencies, working their way up the corporate ladder and not staying loyal and staying true to one brand because they don't see a future with you. And that also ties sometimes to just kind of tangential, but with your clients you're working with. I don't see a future with you. I don't see where we're going to grow here in this relationship. I'm going to see if I can find better somewhere else. Similar to any relationship, right? Whether it's a friendship, love relationship, an employee relationship, a client relationship. If they don't see a future with you, bye-bye. They're out. And so you have to paint that future for them. They need to see that future together and how it works and what it would look like and have alignment and not that there's convincing involved because I don't think that you need to try to paint someone else's life and future, right? It's about having commonality and wanting the same things, but it's um, incredibly important to be able to do that and give someone career growth. So when it comes to having a really high performing team, it's really important that you give them the tools necessary. Make sure that you are recruiting appropriately, interviewing to make sure that you bring on the right person have the right person for the right role, that you onboard them appropriately so they have all the resources and tools, and then ultimately make sure that they have career and growth development, that they understand what's next for them, they understand what's going to be needed to get there, so that they have a long work life with you, assuming that's what you both want. Also, I would throw in there, give them the support that they need while they're trying to achieve that growth, right? So if there is some education that they need, in terms of like some certificates that they can get. I know one that we typically recommend is that trying to get somebody into a management role. Like, hey, you should probably take a look at this management training because you've never had people under you before and mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're successful and thrive in your role. Yep, 100%. Invest in your team. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, 
then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program.